So we have probably about 500 brands on our platform. Well, Michelle, if I'm doing my math correctly, you just passed an important milestone. Can I take eight customers times a $12,000 ARPU? That's 96 grand a year. You're north of a month. You're north of a million dollar run right at this point. Sure. Yeah, you can, you can do that math. <laughs> you are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey folks, my guest today is Michelle Bacharach. She's a CEO and co-founder of Find Mine, an award-winning content engine that uses machine learning to scale content curation for the world's top retailers. Michelle, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, content creation is a tough space. Walk me through this. How'd you get into the industry? Is it is it fashion and 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 content for retailers exclusively? Yeah, retailers and brands currently across fashion, beauty, and home. Those are our first uh, three categories. And I started the company because I felt like there was a, a big friction point for the consumer where you know consumers aren't experts in the product categories we're buying, um, whereas the companies we're buying from are experts. And so there was a gap between how much uh, of that expertise is actually reaching the consumer. Mm-hmm. And I found that that gap was really happening because merchants and marketers within these brands are, you know, they're trying to communicate their expertise, but they're stuck with kind of manual um, means of doing that. So you yeah. know, making an email campaign or a Instagram post or, um, you know, curating a landing page on the website. So what our approach is, is to use machine learning to kind of predict what that person is going to do within the organization rather than predict what a customer is likely to do. Because if we're predicting what the customer is likely to do, they're going to stay at that same level of expertise they've always had. Whereas if, if we predict what the brand expert is going to suggest, we're going to get that aspirational kind of brand imbued expertise. Um, so what are these, what are these brands paying you for this technology on average per month? So our average contract size is about 160,000 per year. Um, per year. Yeah. Okay. And it's driven by volume. So the more places they use our engine to put content in front of customers. So let's places, say that like, a- like location, like physical locations or web properties. Properties, so channels like email or um, social media, e-commerce. The more you know eyeballs, basically, that we have on our content, the more um, the more they pay. But there's also you know a unit economic benefits. So there's economies of scale built into that pricing model. Yep, yep, yep. And what's the cheapest plan people can get started with? It's about twenty thousand a year. And how and how many unique hits is a website getting if they pay you twenty grand a year? 
it depends. So it depends a little bit on you know, how many products they have. Um, depends on like what their average order value is and how much revenue we think we can increase for them. Um, but you know, it would range from like a few million to maybe twenty or so million. Okay, interesting views across properties. Okay, so you're upswing against multiple trickles, and then don't obviously name the company. But what's your largest customer paying you per year? Um, our largest contract is probably about three quarters of a million. Okay, got it. So pretty large. What's the backstory here? When did you guys launch? Yeah, it's a great question. So I've been trying to kind of solve the consumer side of this problem since 2010. Um, and it was always kind of on my list of, you know, I, I hadn't started a company. I was getting my MBA. I was working full-time in other, um, in other things. But, you know, I had this list of 50 startup ideas on my phone and this kind of friction for the consumer I kept coming back to. And I was trying to solve it from like a consumer standpoint since like 2010, you know, officially like incorporated a, a holding company to workshop um, startup ideas of what, of which this was one in 2014, kind of hit on like the B2B angle in 2016. We launched with our first B2B customer in 2016. Um, and then, you know, since the pandemic, obviously retail has changed dramatically. And so our business and the product offerings and the way we do it really changed in 2020. Um, but I would use 2016 if you have to kind of pick one start date. And what was the revenue in the first year? It's always a fun question. I think our first year revenue was like $3,000 for the year. <laughs> How did that make and you guys I, feel in December that year? Do you remember? I mean, it was great. I think our customer got like a 3000 X ROI and we were like, okay, we need to change our pricing a little bit. Um, but we were thrilled. That was huge. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then it was COVID, did COVID generally increase your revenue or decrease your revenue? I mean, COVID decreased the revenue, but now has increased it. So I think yep. it was like, it, um, it was a curse and then a blessing. I like to say. Yep. yep. No, that's good. Now, how many customers are you working with today? Um, working with about eight different okay. payers. Um, and some of our customers have portfolios of different mm -hmm. brands. So, you know, we work with Adidas and they own Reebok and we work with Perry Ellis and they own Cuba Vera and Callaway and uh, original penguin. So there's, you know, some portfolios that we, that we, uh, that we work with. So there's definitely more brands. And then we also work with multi-brand retailers who sell hundreds of different brands. So we have probably about 500 brands on our platform. Well, Michelle, if I'm doing my math correctly, you just passed an important milestone. Can I take eight customers times a $12,000 ARPU? That's 96 grand a year. You're north of a month. You're north of a million dollar run rate at this point. Sure. Yeah, you can you can do that math. <laughs> Was that accurate? Did you guys pass that earlier this year? We have passed that. Yep. That's exciting. Congra can, yep. Congratulations. Now, did you do a bootstrap or did you raise? We raised financing. Yeah, we raised about $7 million lifetime to date. Okay. What was that broken down and like how much, how much did you raise in 2016, if any? Um, in 2016, what do we do? I think it was like an angel round of a hundred thousand dollars plus mm -hmm. some accelerator money. So we took, we did a, an accelerator called XRC labs and we got 50 K from them. You recommend them? Have they been helpful? Yeah. So we were actually part of their first class ever and they've like completely, they were a startup themselves. They've completely grown, but they're, um, retail focused specifically. And if, uh, if a company was trying to sell into that space, I a hundred percent recommend them. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Got it. And then you raised more since then. What was the other rounds? So we did, um, like seed after that. And, um, yeah, so that was the balance of it, but, um, the oh, so you're just in the seed, the seed was a 7 million seed. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, wow. Okay. When was that pre pandemic or post? Pre. Yeah. Pre. Uh, okay. All pre pandemic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what, what's sort of the next plan? I mean, once you're sort of on the, the VC flywheel, you have to sort of be raising every 18 months. Otherwise it looks bad to the market. So are you raising now? Yeah, we're actually, uh, you know, 2020 was not a good time to go out to the market, especially within retail, but now it's a great time to go out to the market because retail has more than rebounded. I would say the whole industry has been pulled forward like 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just seeing like tons, we're getting tons of inbound from VCs who are like, we're really into e-commerce enablement, or we really want to focus on retail tech and it like, never happened line. before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that never happened before. People were sort of like, retail tech, ugh, like that's not that sexy of a market. And now all of a sudden people are really excited about it. So, so what's the right amount for you to raise, do you think? So we're looking to do like an $8 million series A, um, you know, kind of right down the middle. We don't want to raise too much. We've seen companies do that and not have great um, consequences. But we also have really uh, like clear unit economics in terms of like pipeline conversion ratios, um, how many uh, account executives we need to achieve quotas and stuff like that. So um, it's pretty capital efficient. You can do a lot with a little. Mm-hmm. How many account executives are there today? Um, you're looking at her. It's just okay, me. Okay, you. Yep. Yeah. Many of you guys listening have built incredible SaaS tools to help other founders, specific industries, really get value or make some system easier. The problem is you can't help your clients until they import some portion of their data. And you've considered on your Trello board and your Sprint timelines, spending weeks building a CSV importer for certain data sets. You're smiling right now because you know I'm right. And either you do it and you waste engineering time or you don't do it and your customers have a horrible time getting onboarded. And listen, let's face the facts. Your ability to give value to your customers sometimes is very dependent on their ability to get you their data. Once you have the data, everything is really smooth. Well, this exact problem probably explains why FlatFile is growing so quick. They've raised over $44 million and they do exactly this. The data onboarding platform for your marketing teams, your engineering teams, they enable you to get usable data faster so you can focus on what matters most to your business. And the fastest growing companies like my friend ClickUp, Zeb, multi-billion dollar valuation, they all use FlatFile. Now, FlatFile reached out, they wanted to sponsor. I said, you got a good deal for us? And they do. For anyone listening, any anyone that's part of the top entrepreneurs community or get latka you can get a deal now to get started today at nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file and they make it so easy by the way their onboarding is beautiful you don't have to commit to a bunch of stuff you can actually see a demo live instantly right now check it out nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file so how do you model your first sales hire that's not you obviously they're not going to perform as good as you you're the founder so we, we actually already went through that pre-COVID. Um, and then because of COVID, we, we don't have a sales and marketing team since then. That's part of the way we you know, cut burn and stuff um, to keep the lights on during the really challenging time of 2020. But what's yeah. really good about that is like, we know all of, we, we've been through the wall on the first sales hire, which is a big challenge um, and learned a lot. And so we have kind of our unit economics and like the ramp and the training assets and all that stuff kind of lined up. So I know exactly what that looks like. And I know how many months to ramp, how many months to ramp is in the plan for a new sales rep? Four. Four. Okay. And and what, when they are ramped, what do you expect them to hit quota wise? Million a year. And do you have like traditional full on target earnings, 200 grand, 100 grand base under grand commission? Yeah, it's, it's 50% base, 50% commission, but commissions are uncapped. Um, Oh, nice. 
yeah. So we, you know, they could be like 25, 75 or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. guys will limit there. And how many total people on the team today? There's 12 full-time team members today, uh, about 20 something, if you include, you know, part-time and, and consultant. What about full-time engineers? Full-time engineers, four. Four. Okay. Interesting. Nice mix here. So, so looking raising now, obviously most folks, uh, well, not obviously, but most series A folks are selling 10 to 20% of the business these days. Do you think that's probably what you're going to have to sell here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that's pretty standard. I've seen all the data, but, um, you know, I think I'm more interested in the partner than in the like specific amount within the bounds of kind of what's normal given up. Um, because, you know, VCs can make great connections, especially around hiring and customer base and stuff like that. So looking for, you know, some of the softer skills maybe um, as being more important in this next financing. Yeah. The only, I mean, the only thing that's important in terms of like the check size versus evaluation is dilution effects on yourself, right. And others, right. So like, I mean, it sounds like if you, if you're comfortable doing an $8 million round selling 10 and 20%, you're comfortable assuming the right strategic fit, you're comfortable doing like a $45 million post all the way up to obviously an 80 million post would be 10%, only 10% dilution. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. Okay. So scaling nicely, um, it's eight customers here. You already have a playbook because you had a pre COVID. Now what, what, how, how many customers do you have pre COVID? Um, we had probably about the same. So we lost three customers due to bankruptcy, unfortunately, during the pandemic. Oh, wow. um, but we've actually only had the only churn we've ever had are those three bankruptcies and two companies that got spun off to private equity by their owner. So we've never mm-hmm. actually had any product related churn, which is, I think, pretty incredible that we kept those customers during the pandemic when everything was falling apart mm-hmm. for them. So what would like when you go out and do this raise, people are gonna ask for your growth rate, right? So what would you say your growth rate was over the past 12 months? Yeah. So um since the beginning of 2021, I don't actually know it for the past 12 rolling, but um since the beginning of 2021, it's 140% and we should end the year at 400% year over year. Got it. And if you're around like hundred grand a month in revenue, what you're saying is what you started the year at like 60 grand a month in revenue, something like that? On a monthly basis, I'm not sure, but you know. Okay. Uh math sounds right. From a growth yeah. standpoint. Yeah, 60, 60 grand a month and, and then 40% growth takes you up to like, you know, 80, 90 now and 400%. I mean, gosh, that would be what? Do you think you can get like to a quarter million a month by the end of the year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we have a line of sight for that. Yeah. That's great. And and is it expanding the number, like the, the, the wallet share of the current eight customers or adding brand new logos altogether? Both. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, great, 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 interesting story here. And um Pre-COVID, were you at the same revenue level? So if you compare 2019 to 2021, it would it look flat without the COVID dip? Yeah, if you just looked at those two, it would look flat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doesn't tell the whole story for sure, but <laughs> no gosh, no, definitely not. Very cool. Well, yeah, obviously rooting for you. This is great. Any other thing, any other products that you want to chat about that I didn't ask about you think is really important? Yeah, we have one cool product that's um it's so we do this content creation mostly for the brands owned and operated properties. So like their website, their e-com. Or sorry, their website, their uh, social media, stuff like that. But we have a new offering that we call Brand Edit Syndication that is basically taking that point of view and putting it on the multi-brand retailers site. So um, that becomes kind of like a flywheel from a, a growth perspective for us. But the benefit for the brand is they get consistency for their sort of storytelling storytelling opportunity on platforms that they don't control without having to do any manual work to keep up that you know asset. Um, and then 
or create that asset in the first place, I should say. And then the multi-brand retailer can monetize that. So you're, you're starting to see a trend in retail where multi-brand retailers, you know, like Walmart has Walmart um, Connect, Macy's has Macy's Media Network, where they're monetizing their websites with traditional advertising. So we have a new product offering for that, which is going to be huge. And then we have um, some new features and functionality within our existing software to help with some more of the like back office metrics, things like inventory sell-through rates and gross margin management or optimization um, for the merchant. So it's not just about the consumer experience anymore. Both of those new offerings were things that we like hunkered down and did during COVID because everything was changing. Everything had to change. And I think our value proposition now to brands and retailers is like 10 times stronger than it was before COVID when it was just, you know, just getting you more revenue, right? That's nice. And it's, it was working, but now we have these additional um, levers to pull as well. Well, we hope all those customers get addicted to those new, new lines and you come on in a year and tell us about the success again. But for now, Michelle, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Ooh. Um, quiet. It's, I think the subtitle is the how to succeed in a world that won't stop talking or the power of introverts in the world that won't stop talking. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I like my peer group. I think that I learn more from them than I learned from, you know, Bezos or some of the big ones that don't feel as relatable anymore. So I have a CEO peer group of like seeds and series A and series B companies that I connect with. There's a number, number of them. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building? Find mine. Oh, great question. Um, I'm a big fan of Carta. They're probably my favorite. Favorite Saves you a lot of time. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Nine. Okay. And situation, married, single kids? Married with one child. He's 18 months. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Can I ask how old you are? I'm 30. I'll be 36 on Monday. Oh, happy early birthday. That's great. Thank you. Take us home here. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Um, nobody has it figured out. So my guess is as good as theirs. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Findmine.com retail brand launched in 2016, working now with eight brands. They do about $100,000 a month in revenue. That's up significantly about 40% from the beginning of the year as they come out of COVID much stronger. They raised $7 million today, looking at doing a traditional Series A now. I'll call it, you know, raising $8 million. We'll see what happens. But again, check out findmine.com and check out Michelle. Again, predictive intelligence for merchants and markets to automate their catalog. Michelle, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you.